Hello, I'm Joshua Grinsberg. And I'm Jacob Friedman. And this is Gen Zers Talk Politics. This is a podcast where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. This is not just teen angst. We might throw in a half-baked joke or two. Well, this week has been, well, simply another quote-unquote normal week in 2020. It's been quite tumultuous, of course. I think we have uh, several stories this week that are extremely important in multiple ways. The first being the killing of George Floyd the, pre- the, the last week and the resulting protests. Um, uh, violence has erupted over the United States after a police officer had, had suffocated a black man by the name of George Floyd during an arrest. The resulting protests have been extremely chaotic, particularly in Minneapolis. Stores and businesses have been destroyed or looted. And I think economically, with COVID-19 and the protests, I think many businesses are likely to be hit even harder with the protests. Many businesses have struggled heavily with COVID-19, including bars, restaurants, retail stores. And I think with a 14.7% unemployment rate, the economy will likely be hit hard once again particularly on the micro level of smaller businesses being destroyed and looted by the protests. Um, I also anticipate this will reflect negatively in the stock market as the market despises sudden change. The chaos has resembled the scales of those protesting Vietnam. The National Guard has recently been called into Minneapolis. Honestly, I think the protests show the civil rights movement is far from over and that it did not end in the 1960s, although... I think that the cause that is being fought for is one that is that is strong and something that, you know, our country needs to finally address. Right. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. And it's also worth noting that if we look at Obama, uh, the election judge of 2008, that was supposed to be the moment where, you know, America was supposed to look past race. It was the moment where we're in a post-racial world, we're going to get over our biases and we're going to we're going to live together in peace. Of course, that's not what happened. We had Ferguson in 2014, the resulting Black Lives Matter movement. We had Colin Kaepernick. We have Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, um, Eric Garner. All of these very racially charged moments in, American, in the 2010s. And now that we enter the 2020s, I honestly don't know what to say at this point. I mean... I've heard a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of people have been saying now, historian Heather Cox Richardson has written email, email newsletter called Letters from an American. And she highlights uh, on her Friday, May 29th writing, she basically writes that this moment in American history, that these protests are more or less emblematic of how America is clearly divided now and that that we can either crumble within or we can rise above like a phoenix. We can rise from the ashes and we can succeed into the 2020s and, and beyond. And to be completely honest, for me personally, I have been very wary of getting into the topic of race in general, is that I am, I am a white person in the suburbs of Boston, Massachusetts. So I am definitely not someone who is directly affected by this issue. But even so, there's no denying that George Floyd was killed. It was disgusting. And police violence on unarmed black men should end. And it is, it is disgusting. It is still happening. I have been mostly silent because I wanted to take the time to, at least this week, I wanted to take the time to gather my thoughts and try to bring something, at the very least, not really heard, not really, not really at the forefront of this conversation. I mean, Joshua, I, I mean, have you, po- have you posted anything about this whole issue in the, in the past week? Well, no, I mean, 
I think the problem with all this is you look at Instagram stories and they all post the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know. I just, I haven't personally because I just want to add something new to the conversation when I, you know, when I think of it. I don't want to, you know, end up in the echo chamber and just repeat what everybody else has said. And I, I mean, I think you agree with this, right? Absolutely. You know, what really does divide America at this point is more or less our, our lack of understanding the implications of the internet and mob rule and and the proliferation of of, dig, of digital warfare, and more more or less, all of the 21st century tools we have seen from Russians posting fake news, people in their basements promoting conspiracy theories, uh, regular uh, people on Twitter sparking hashtags to get people fired over over one incident. I mean, no matter what you believe on any of these issues. It is dividing America further. We, as America, are not able to fully comprehend that with the age of the internet that we are all people, that we all have lives, we all have dreams, we all have hopes, we all have issues, we all have our personal struggles, and that, more or less, these issues of race and social movements are not even necessarily entirely political, but personal. And no matter what side you're on, no matter what you think what should be done about these issues, scapegoating and calling out entire segment of population it isn't very constructive you need the number one rule of politics in general is that you need to bring people in you need to bring people into your side or at least you need you need to at least make the general public not hate what you're doing because no matter you can have the greatest cause in the world but if you but if you accomplish that by kicking puppies people are not going to sign up for your organization they're going to go to someone else or that may turn against your issue entirely and so, really, we need to understand the issues on a micro level, whether it be through organizations, people, or local institutions, such as synagogues, churches, town halls, etc. No, I yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with that, of course. I mean, do you want? I mean, you know, looking at all these other uh, these other stories of the week. I mean, I mean, a theme we've all seen is that Richardson is right. This is a watershed moment in American history, and that we are divided but you know we have the ability to go forward and solve these issues together and whether it be social media or china we need to take the time to actually look at the world at large we need to look at what the situations and then we need to look at ourselves we need to look at ourselves and how we uh, how we express our opinions and how we and how and how we actually act on our opinions you know i think i think the main because, difference between you know the civil rights movement of the 1960s and the social movement today is hashtag Black Lives Matter has become something you can very easily spread around. And I think you can see a level of coordination that we've never seen before in terms of movements such as the protests of social media. I mean, I think it's still hard with, you know, right. all this new technology coming out for, so for movements to really adjust to that and to kind of regulate themselves, you know? Right. I wrote, I wrote a bill for a debate organization, J uh, Junior State of America, they had a winter congress in Washington, D.C., where the high school students could come and submit their own bills, like, like in Congress, and debate them. And I wrote a bill about social media and how we should tackle it. And I basically wrote that um, in defending the bill, social media companies should either be held liable for everything that is on the site, but they should be able to, like, you know, ban people for whatever they want, not just for breaking the law, and able to editorialize posts, or they should stay out of people's personal posts. They should not editorialize. They shouldn't. They should shouldn't ban people for for anything else other than you know breaking the law. And it should be a 
completely open space for anyone to say anything like t- what Twitter was supposed to be. But a lot of people said, well, you're putting putting that into a you know rigid dichotomy where it just can't be done. You know, how do you how do you regulate the internet? You don't. You can't write. You can't count the stars. You can't track every little bit of data. Right. And so, my bill did not did not uh, pass a vote. Fine. I mean, I understand that um, you know people had problems with it, but at least I took the I took the effort and actually tried to propose something. And I try and I try to incorporate you know everyone from liberals who are who are mad about um, fake news to conservatives who are mad about you know Twitter censoring prominent conservatives. Yeah, and ever and reaching out to everyone else who, you know, was angry about China. And so, really, the point of politics is consensus. And if you don't have consensus, or you don't try to get consensus, your movement is not going to work in the first place. Right. In other news, SpaceX has just yesterday actually launched um, uh, the first astronauts into space since I believe 2011. Right. Honestly, I've not looked at that story that much, but I would not be surprised. I would, I would, I mean, this is just an amazing moment in history. I mean, I understand why Elon Musk is so, you know, hyped up about this. I mean, this is, I mean, this, and this is just an amazing moment for humanity in general. Yeah, you know, you, well, one must think about, you know, the ambition that goes behind Elon Musk's mind as to, you know, have the capacity really and the ambition to launch people into space. I mean, it's just mind blowing for me, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, we may be divided on, um, you know, issue, issues on Earth and issues in the cyberspace. But we all know that the real frontier is outer space, is the, uh, you know, going to Mars. Have you, you ever know, seen the film The Martian? Yeah, I, I've seen that film, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that how you think uh, life on Mars will be? I don't know, but, you know, you know, the whole film was, you know, remember the whole film was about, you know, the Chinese and the Americans working together to save the astronaut played by Matt Damon who was stuck on Mars. Right. You know, that... Like that, that, that's the kind of world we all want to live in at this point. You know, you know, we, we have our political differences, but at the end of the day, we are just people. And, you know, no matter what any of us really believe, we all look at the same earth. We're all, you know, we're all reaching the same goal. We all just want to live our, li- we'll live our lives in peace. You know, I actually watched the launch. Didn't it get delayed or something? It got delayed. It got delayed to yesterday, Sunday. Yeah, I, I remember watching it. Where was it? Florida? Um, I think so, yeah. I'm not sure, though. So what do we take away from this week? What do you take away from this week, Jacob? You know, we're either gonna, you know, we're either gonna fall flat on our face, or we're gonna rise from the ashes. But if we do fall flat on our face, we just take a rocket trip to Mars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, given the state, given the state of everything, I think more than a few people are gonna be willing to, you know, risk their lives and their you know, and there's Sandy to travel to Mars for Elon Musk's another uh, crazy ideas. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zers Talk Politics. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast host and send us questions about anything regarding the news, because your questions make this show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.